Hey, it's Lauren. Thank you so much for listening to The Afterlight. Enjoy the episode. This episode has been brought to you by the Afterlight Institute. Ignite the light, magic, and miracles within. If you're a spiritual professional and have been building your skills and knowledge for years and feel ready to share this wisdom with the world, then the Afterlight Institute wants to work with you. If you want to create your very own online course without having to worry and stress about the technology and the marketing, then you are strongly urged to apply. All the details can be found at theafterlightinstitute.com. Lauren Grace here and welcome to the afterlight. And as I start reading the bio of my guest today, Paul Williamson, the time has just ticked over to 1111, which is just wonderful. Makes me feel like we are in the right place at the right time. That's for sure. So let's find out about our guest today. So Paul grew up in Australia and he was also born here. He came across the concept of reincarnation at the Theosophical Society at the age of 18. He traveled overseas and lived at the Findhorn Foundation, the New Age Spiritual Community in Northern Scotland at Newbold House for several years in the 1980s. He's been practicing as a past life therapist for 33 years, and he initially trained in hypnotherapy, did a three-year training in past life therapy and trauma release back in the 1990s. For 10 years, he led a healing group with Marjorie Wilson, a brilliant channel in the UK during the 1990s, and most recently with the Newton Institute in 2012, Paul trained to become a life between life therapist. He is the author of nine books, and he's got three more on the way. And he's joining me today to talk about his spiritual journey, what drew him to hypnotherapy, what does a life between life therapist do, and is it necessary to go back to go forward? Paul, thank you so much for being here. It is a pleasure to meet you. It's a pleasure to meet you too, Lauren. Thank you for inviting me. So, Paul, I'm not sure if you've listened to previous episodes, but I sort of start everything the same every time. And that is with that big question, where did your spiritual journey begin? Now, you and I are talking on Zoom, so I have a little bit of a window into the opportunity into um, your soul here. I can see that maybe you've been on your journey for quite a while, especially if you started around the age of, of 18 years old. Can you take me through that? Yes, that was about when things started, although I found myself as a teenager, I was with a group of male friends, um, and we were very rebellious, um, at, at least in our minds, we were rebellious against the prevailing society and uh, really felt that we wanted our world and the way people lived to be different from how it was. So mm -hmm. I think that kind of mentality was what propelled me in my 20s then to go to, it wasn't the Findhorn, but the Findhorn community oh. in Northern Scotland, which is, uh, which is a very alternative, um, new, the pioneering New Age um, communities um, at that time. And um, it, was, it was a brilliant place to live, but it was way out of, you know, the way that you know, we, we live in our more conventional society these days. So mm -hmm. it was a little bit difficult to adapt. But as far as past lives and my spiritual journey is concerned, I feel that there was an awakening for me when I did meet 
people from this theosophical society when I was 18. Mm -hmm. I'd been brought up as a conventional Christian, but there I just felt that the whole concept of reincarnation and the evolution of the soul felt right deep inside of me. Mm -hmm. And I met people who were living lives where they really aspired to live lives of peace and do the very least they could to harm anyone else. And I felt that living a, a spiritual life, not just you know going to church once a week, but just in the way that we would think, what we would eat, how we would be, that it was possible, you know, for us as humans to live that way. And then, of course, I had this interest in past lives, which extended from that early age. Um, and it was, you know, maybe 10 years later that I found that there are avenues that I could actually find out about my own past lives and help others to do the same. And that by doing this, it also led to experiences of maybe the afterlife and just where people could directly connect with their soul consciousness and of course that was enough for me I loved helping people I, I discovered that I loved helping people and um, so I'd found my path and uh, I've been you know doing this work ever since that's so wonderful well we are going to find out a little bit more about you know how it sort of all works is there a different sort of practice for you to go through your own past life regression versus helping, you know, channel somebody else's information? But before we get to that, Paul, you've had such an interesting background. You've been on the spiritual path for so long. Were there some texts or some readings that you read earlier on that really sort of helped shape you into who you are? You talked about lifestyle and being aware of the things that you're consuming. I mean, now with information so readily available through the internet, of course, that we're able to find a lot of this stuff out probably sooner, but I'm really interested in knowing how you navigated that. Mm, okay. Well, in my late teens and early twenties, I devoured all kinds of spiritual books and also, um, you know, just, teachings, children's books even as well, different comparative religions and what have you. I studied loads. Um, but that was just re really for a phase. I, I think the biggest learning for me was actually people that I met on my journey. And, and that helped me um, when I was um, in my late teens. There was a woman 10 years older than me that, that, that lives a pure and aspiring life that that really inspired me and then further on when I lived in foundation just experiencing people that lived from a heart base where also as a group and as people together um, it, it was possible to 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 live a life where you know the way we were on this planet could be in harmony we could be in harmony with each other we could be in harmony with the natural world around us. So for me, it's never been so much books that I've read. It's more the life circumstances and people that I've actually experienced firsthand that has inspired me and, and helped me to grow. Mm. Also, for me, I'm an author and I, I've written, you know, all these books that you talked about. Mm. And I find if I'm an author and I'm writing books, 
I don't want to be influenced by what other people have written. Yes. I want it to come pu purely from from within what I channel and what feels feels right for me to express, and and so that my books can be very much uh, my own. They're not they're not something that I've copied from other other people. That's actually a really good statement. I remember listening to a spiritual. Uh, speaker a while ago. And one of the things that she was referencing was that earlier on in her career, she found that when she was giving talks, she started saying things in the manner in which her spiritual mentors would say it and not in the way that was necessarily her own voice. So she started sort of separating herself and putting away, putting down the books and stopped listening to, you know, other spiritual speakers for a while, while she sort of found her own her own voice. So, you know, when you've been going along your spiritual journey, how do you sort of check in with what is truthful for you? Do you have an inner feeling? Do you have an inner knowing? Do you get that heart connection that you just mentioned earlier? Yes, I, I do trust my intuition about things and I, and I go with that. And I, I do feel promptings inside of me definitely about, you know, how how I should go forward, what's important for me to do, people I meet, places I need to visit. Mm. I trust in all of that, really, to, to help me. So, mm. yes, it's more, more through an intuition, a sort of a sense of knowing and feeling in my heart than, than it is through maybe a voice telling me or, you know, what other people would say is right or anything like that. Mm. So yes, I've I've kind of really developed my sense of individuality through life, which I think has been, you know, very much. I feel at peace with that. It feels feels good. Mm. One of the things that I've noticed from interviewing lots of different people is that a large majority of them had to sort of have a breakdown to kind of break through, or they had to go through the dark night of the soul to kind of come out the other side. And I think a large part of that. I guess the word is that comes to me is the word surrender. So I'm wondering whether or not you had to go through a similar thing in your life or whether, you know, starting from such a young age, you were just able to be free and to flow with life and to, to accept things as they came to you with grace. I, I, I recognize what you say about, you know, many people, you know, need to go through their own healing crisis yeah. to to be able to to find their path um yes i guess for me i had a fairly insular protected kind of upbringing mm. which wasn't particularly traumatic but i certainly did go through my phases of life later on where i had to you know work out my own what was my own ego and what was really my you know a, a sincere spiritual path that, that that i could live so i certainly did have you know a lot of my work to do i also was very almost painfully shy when i was young and and i needed to learn about communication with others and i think it was also because of the nature of my upbringing i lived in a bit of a fog so it was difficult for me to actually experience other people for who they truly were and, and what they were deep inside. So I, th I think through my own inner work as, as time has gone on, it's helped me more and more to be able to experience a deeper sense of 
reality about other people rather than, you know, just projections on my own part, which actually didn't match with that person at all. So, yes, I've had to do a lot of work. Yeah. But but it hasn't but it hasn't come through, you know, traumatic breakdown with things around me. You know, I, I did certainly make my share of mistakes when I was, you know, earlier in my life and hopefully I'm through all those now and, you know, just just really dedicating myself to how I can help people. Yeah, I like that a lot. When you go about your day, do you have sort of a routine or a ritual that you follow? Do you meditate every day? You talked about eating healthily. Do you eat meat or anything like that? It's just sort of curious. No, I'm I'm vegetarian. I've never quite gone to veganism, although I'm kind of not that much with eggs anymore. But mm. um, I've been a vegetarian for a long time. As far as my daily ritual, um, oh, I could meditate more than I do. I mean, mm. at the moment, I'm in northern New South Wales. I'm staying at a property out in the bush, and um, there's there's beautiful birds around me, trees, nature. And being in this kind of environment is is just perfect for me. It, it, it really nourishes me very deeply. And, and, you know, I feel how precious the world is and how we need to look after it. So, but as far as meditation practices, um, I do do it, but I don't perhaps do it as regularly or as fully as I could at times. So, um, but I find my work. The work that I do is very, very meditative, and and I feel that sort of tunes me into myself too. But yeah. you know, there are times when I've actually needed help with my work, um, mm-hmm. so I could actually have some therapy as well. Um, it's not something I've all been able to do on my own. Mm. I do want to talk about that now. So let's get into it. I think that um, you know, definitely with spirituality becoming even more mainstream more prevalent nowadays that the concept of past life therapy is not as much of a foreign concept anymore but how did you first get introduced to past life therapy early on oh um well i had a few psychic readings um when i was staying at the finton foundation and um that you know you know, I, I, I don't think any of them were very accurate at all, but they certainly, you know, made, made me start to start to think, oh, could I have been this or that or something like that? Yeah. But um, yes, when I initially learned hypnotherapy, it was a bit funny. I mean, the man that was teaching the course that I did was a conservative Tory MP from the British Parliament. I did this in the UK and he actually didn't have any he didn't have any belief in past lives at all, but but included on the course was learning past life regression. So I went along for that. He didn't believe it, but um, he showed the techniques of it. So so that was enough for me. And, um, you know, so I got some basic techniques of, of how it all worked. But it wasn't, you know, such a comprehensive learning. So, you know, when I first started, I was really... How, how do I do this? And what happens when I do this with someone? And mm-hmm. I had some, um, you know, some volunteer clients and, you know, some of the people I first worked with, I, I kind of, you know, was, was in awe just watching these experiences unfold. And uh, I just had to feel my way with them to, to, to try to make sense of them. But uh, it was something where I found, you know, the experiences people had could be so much awe-inspiring and emotional and, and just kind of affecting them 
on such a deep level. You know, it did have its uses very, very much as a therapy, as, as a means to help people learn much more deeply about who they were, what their purpose is in life, and more than anything, who they are as a soul. And I just feel this kind of therapy, it's much better than reading books and things, what other people say, you know, to, to experience these things for yourself, you know, takes you and takes things onto a different level for you. Yes, for sure. I do want to find out in a minute whether or not, you know, you see a certain type of client or whether or not there's just the broad scope. I do want to find out as well a little bit about how it all sort of works. But before we get into that, what was... I could, yeah. I could answer that a little bit. It's one of the things from when I was, I was very young, um, when I was still at the Fintorn Foundation and then when I started my therapy practice, I just had the attitude that if someone contacts me for for a session or for therapy or something, you know, it's it's like it's like God or, or spirit, sort of presenting something for me to 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 do, and so I needed to open my door and and do my best with that person. Mm -hmm. So I've tended, you know, not to try to be exclusive towards one type of person or another, right. but really that you know, if if somebody felt drawn to me. Um, you know, unless upon meeting them, something about it would feel inappropriate from my side, um, I would go ahead and, you know, really do my best to help them. Mm. Do most of the clients or the people that you felt, you know, connected with you or, or found you to go through this type of work, were they going through some kind of an ailment? Did they have just an interest or did they have fears or or undescribable sort of challenges that they felt could be resolved going back and exploring their past lives? Well, I think people come to me for lots of different reasons. Um, I think the biggest reason that people come to me um, is curiosity. People yeah. actually want to know what is their past life. And there is the thing with that, a deeper sense of, the wish to know thyself, you know, the ancient Greek, know thyself, yeah. which is really also very, very, very valid about learning about your soul. So that's the most common. Um, but then there are lots of other reasons people can come for, you know, they might have fears and phobias or something like that, that they don't understand where it comes from, it's affecting their life. Or they may, you know, have met somebody that they feel a really strong connection with that might be really wonderful or it might be very challenging and they they want to explore you know where does that come from how can I sort that out um oh I don't know they they you know there can be so many different reasons people also might have found that someone in their life that they you know really love has, has died um mm -hmm. and and it's possible to use past life regression rather than seeing a medium you can go through your own inner journey into the spirit world and meet, you know, with these souls that you've that have passed on too. Oh, wow. and that can be very, very healing. I didn't realize that that was part of it. Well, it's 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 not it's, it's not directly part of it, but it's certainly work that I do. I do it quite a lot, really. Um, you know, and 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 that's something which to meet the soul of someone that's passed on. It's you know, and to do that yourself, it's it's it can be a very, very, very healing experience for the heart and you know sometimes people don't manage to say goodbye to people they love who die and 
you know, this is a kind of process which will help help that that to take place. It's good. Mm. So how does it work? You know, is the process different when you're going and you're exploring your own past life to when you're facilitating the journey for somebody else, or is it a similar process? I've, you know, it, yes, I've been able to do a few bits and pieces myself, but generally, you know, when I first started doing my own past lives and seeking therapists and what have you, I was in the UK, there weren't many around really. And certainly there weren't many competent ones around. I just found it didn't work very much for me. I, I, I couldn't get it to work. I was getting very frustrated. Um, but then I finally found somebody um, who was actually a, um, British, but had been living in Australia. So we kind of were a bit the opposite way around from each other. But we did some swap sessions. And, um, and that, that worked for me. I, I, you know, I was unsure whether I was actually getting into the past life or not. And during one session, I asked her, is, is that, you know, is that real what I'm getting? And, and she was a bit psychic. And she said, yes, it is. Um, and I believed her. And, and so, you know, as I believed her, it enabled me to just let go a bit more fully and, and the whole process you know, started to flow you know, more and more easily for me. So, you know, I worked with different people over the years, but to be honest, Lauren, um, in the recent years, I, I've, I haven't done any past life work for myself for ages. And I think I've done enough for myself. I'm really, you know, quite happy though to serve and help others to, unfold what they need to what was it like the first time you experienced a past life for yourself oh well well it was kind of you know because I'm not that visual so it was more through kind of feeling and knowing and the kind of um sense of things you know rather than a direct vision but mm -hmm. I did get a little bit like that so it was a little bit vague but I remember one of them you know, the very first ones that I did was was a past life set back in ancient Greece. To my surprise, I found that I was I, I was a leader then and a, and a healer. Um, and and these kind of I, I'd done some healing and things before that, but when I discovered that, I mean, in the end, everyone got killed. There was some invasion, and you know, so it wasn't <laughs> such a great ending. No, it really did helped me to to believe in myself that I have this capacity to to heal and help mm. and and that um you know I'd done this before so it was like you know I could sense that this was one of the foundations of who I was as a soul and it did affect me deeply and it also gave me confidence in myself so I got a lot of positive benefit from doing that mm. When you do a session, you know, let's, let's talk about, I guess, doing a session for somebody else, because I know that's primarily the work that you do do now. So do you sort of, you know, the person comes to you, whether it's online or in person, you sort of get into a bit of a relaxed state, the two of you, and then almost like a meditative state. And then do you sort of walk them through different questions or how does it sort of work? I personally have never gone through something like this before. So I don't really have a full knowledge. Well, all right. Well, let me, um, let me just go through it with you. Yeah. So um, very often, you know, people come, they're interested to have a past life. Quite often people are 
you know, a little bit dubious, you know, does, will it work for me? You know, people through their yeah. egos will have doubts whether it can work. Um, but actually, for nearly everyone, it works pretty easily. You know, it's quite easy. Um, and I, I do these, you know, before COVID, I would go to all these festivals and I do little introductory 20-minute um, sessions with people mm. um, to, to go into one of their past lives. And, it, you know, there'd be just like a brief encounter with one of your past lives. But it's surprising, probably 95% of people would, would access a past life. And um, some of them were extremely mean and even life-changing for the people just in that short space of time. So I've kind of been able to adapt so I can do short sessions like that or long sessions. Oh, cool. There is a thing to just help the person to relax. And the person I'm working with, the client, will be quite conscious, but mm -hmm. it's, it's sort of like an old book. You know, if I'm working with you, I would be talking to you, you would be talking with me. Okay. And you become like a channel. You become like a channel to let the impressions come to you. So I'd help you become aware, first of all, about your identity there. You know, who you are, what you're wearing, where you're situated, all sorts of base. And I do that at the beginning just to help ground you in that memory of, of who you are there, what sort of person, what your thought processes are, what's important for you, all sorts of things. And so once I've grounded it with you, then we can start moving through the past life. And it's like a it's like a living memory where you'll experience yourself as if you're there, you're a different person, in a different life, different kind of consciousness, but you'll feel like it's you. You still feel like it's you because it is. It's right. your soul experiencing this. Right. And so, you know, then it can go backwards and forwards between, you know, I'm like a facilitator. I'll ask questions, make suggestions to guide it. And it will go right through also to where you die in the past life. And then you can experience actually your soul leaving the body. So then you have this direct experience of rising up to the light, which is what happens when people die. And so, you know, people will experience going up to this spiritual world where they feel free, they feel light, they feel love. This is just universal, it's what happens. Mm. And then they can meet other spiritual beings. And it's like in that space of spirit, it's like all of that kind of gives perspective then, helps to give perspective about what that life was about. And also you start to get a sense of resonance about what your life this time is about too. So mm. it starts to help you to go to a deeper level of, of, of sensing and knowing you know, about your life and what you're here to do. So you don't necessarily get all the answers all at once. <laughs> But um, it's 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 like it's a, it's a journey, you know. I mean, I think some people might need to go through all sorts of past lives because they might have all sorts of issues coming from the past. They need to work out they're learning who they are as a soul. But others might come and they might just need to go into one past life. Maybe there's one there where by going through that, it might help them unblock some area of their life today. And it might also just be for them to know that these past lives exist is enough for them. So mm -hmm. and there are some people that, you know, going through a past life, 
would would have no relevance to them at all and that's fine too you know they might be you know doing something this time that's got nothing to do with past lives from the past so so i think everyone's got their own unique path with this mm. but um if people want to do past lives if they want to learn about this then i'm certainly happy to to go through it with them very much when people explore their past lives, do you find very often that they have relationships with people that are in their current life? And on that note, do past lives also include pets? Yeah. Um, yes. Well, first of all, relationships. Um, yes. Yes. Very often you'll find that, um, you know, souls, you know, now um, that are around you, um, even ones you don't get on with. Um, you could have met them before, but not always. You know, you might find some, sometimes people, you know, feel their own family. They feel like they're just strangers to their family. Maybe, maybe they're sort of, they've come to into a family where the souls in that family, they don't know at all. Um, but that could be part of their own learning as a soul, you know, really to, to open up to love more fully, not just to the ones they want to be with, but learning to love unconditionally in a wider sense. So there's all sorts of ways how this can work. Um, pets, yes, I think that that, that you can um, have a connection that extends, um, you know, through other lives, and and that that can be a very interesting thing to to follow up. And the love, you know, the love you feel, you know, there will 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 extend, you know, and, and be eternal. Just like the love that you have for other people can be eternal too. So you talked earlier about, you know, the life between life. I think that's what you were alluding to when you were talking about um, helping people after they've essentially passed over in their past life and then they've gone up to spirit. So when did you first sort of start to navigate into, you know, exploring life between life and, how did that change the way you look at the world? I, I think when you were speaking there, I was under the impression that sometimes it might be hard to come back after experiencing something like that. This episode has been brought to you by the Afterlight Institute. Ignite the light, magic, and miracles within. I mean, sometimes because the spirit world is, is so beautiful and there's so much love there, yeah. Some people might feel, oh, I'd much rather be there than on earth. Yeah. But, you know, more that you will feel, well, you know, I'm here on earth to do this and do that. I need to, you know, really make a good job of that because that's how I'm going to progress and mature as a soul. So it will actually help you more to, to ground yourself and live your life on earth more fully by doing this work than the other way around. Okay. As far as the life between lives it is something from the very early times when i started doing regression that this consciousness of what happened after you died would be present for people and it was very interesting to explore that so i, I would do my own exploration with people i found it also very useful as a therapy because it could be something um where you would meet somebody that perhaps you know, maybe you're in a very traumatic life where you got murdered or something, mm. and and you might then then go up to the spirit world, 
and you could actually meet with that soul that murdered you or maybe hurt you or something like that. And then it would be possible for you to you know, communicate there with that, with that other soul and speak things and express things that, you know, and this can be a very useful therapy helping you to, um, you know, just, just work out of yourself patterns that, that you've had and what have you. So that's one aspect of life between lives. But then, you know, I, I guess it came much more strongly for me more recent times when I did a training to become life between life therapist with the Newton Institute. And that's with the, the work of um, Dr. Michael Newton. Um, and that training and, and it's, it's work that I do with people now. Um, and they, they're, they're long sessions. They last for four hours or sometimes a bit more, a bit less. Wow. Um, and um, th they are sessions really for you to learn much more fully about, um, you know, who you are as a soul in the spirit world. You know, what is your focus? What is important for you? Um, and, and, you know, other souls that you're truly connected with. Um, and that's also where you can really tune in what is your spiritual purpose you know, for the life that you're living today? So that's, um, that's, that's something really good. I mean, so you always, you get some of that with the past life regression when you do that and you get much more of it um, in terms of awareness anyway, by doing something you know, like the life we are. Mm. Uh, do you find that everybody has a sole purpose, like a mission that they need to accomplish, a reason why they've come here? Or do some people just come here to hang out? I don't know why they would, but <laughs> you never know. <laughs> well, <laughs> well um, I, I, I sense that there is a purpose. And it's not always what we think it is. You know, the, the kind of purposes we have can be quite subtle about what it is that we're needing to learn and work through. And, and it's often more the, the more challenging and difficult things um, and how we respond to them, which are the things that can help us most. You know, it, it, it might be something, something like family things. There might be decisions we need to make at certain, some, certain points in our life. I mean, I mean, one simple one that I often work with is something like loss where you know we might have a you know someone that we love that that dies in our in, in our life sometime what do we do with that do we just retreat from the world or or you know so that we don't want to live anymore and give up do we uh, because we can't be with that loved one we nothing to live for anymore do we get angry oh god you shouldn't have made this how could you be a loving god if you if you um you know just 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 kill off the one that I love most or, or do we somehow go into ourselves, ask for help and, and actually, you know, come out the other side so we can, we can learn from the experience, even though we still feel the wound of it and, and go on, you know, with more compassion and live more fully. And, and of course that last option is probably the best one for us to, to do as souls. So, so that actual experience of loss might actually have been something our souls planned that we might have planned to go into that situation and the test for us as a soul in terms of our purpose was about how we would respond to that because you know in a life it's not just that everything is handed to us on a plate we've yeah. got 
free will. So through that free will, we can choose, you know, what deeply align our purpose or what we need to do in any given moment, or we can sort of just go off with what we desire and what we want to do. And, and yes, like you say, just, just hang out, you know, nothing much going on then, you know, on, on the other hand, another side of this is, is also that, you know, we might go through some, um, you know, some quite difficult lives where we've got, all these lessons we're trying to learn, we've got to sort out this and sort out that. And oh, we might get really tired from doing that. So, yes, we might give ourselves an easy life sometime where we don't have to do much and it all happens for us, just to have a bit of a soul holiday and a bit of a break so that we can um, build up our resources again and, you know, try to do a bit better next time. How many times do you think we have to come back? Do we get to the point where we go, you know what, I've got it figured out. I remember talking to my, um, my family about this when I was young and saying, this is the last time I'm coming back here. (laughs) Yes, yes. Well, a a lot of a lot of people may make that decision or that they think they don't want to come anymore. But that doesn't mean that you won't, right? Your, Your soul may have your soul may have other ideas or other needs about what you what you need, but I'm inclined to feel that we we you know we need we need many lives you know once we start. But then they don't have to be all on Earth. We can live lives on other worlds too, and people can access memories of living lives on other worlds, which is which is very interesting. But yes, um, I wouldn't put a number on that on how many lives you live. I have come across people when I've done regression who are here for the first time. You know, they're they're like first-time souls um, on earth, and that's been very interesting to encounter them. Wow. Do you give them their money back, Paul? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Not necessarily, no. You know, I often tell the story in in Glasgow, in Scotland. She came to me once for a session, and... uh, I couldn't find past life and and then it came to me very clearly that that this was because there wasn't any past life before this. She was actually here for the first time and and she could acknowledge that too. She could sense through the experience that this is what was the truth wow. and um, but she felt tremendous joy about that because she could also feel in herself that there was all this potential, all this mm-hmm. potential of what life could be. That she still needed to live and experience and and that 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 made her feel really happy so no i didn't take her money back from that session she got a lot from her but but i might i mean i mean i might if if, you know somebody doesn't get anything from a session it's not fair for me to take the money there um when you've interviewed or maybe not interviewed i guess but sort of interview when you've had a client before what what client have you had before that's had the the most number of lives what have you you know experienced or would you even know that oh. would you have to do multiple sessions to find this out yes sometimes i need to do multiple sessions but but yes i i can um you know with some people that i've worked with it would become clear to me that there's hundreds if not thousands of lives that are inside their consciousness but there's also I've come across people whose souls actually have reached a point where they're not actually needing to incarnate on earth anymore Mm -hmm. um, that they're actually here just on a voluntary capacity souls So, so their souls have gone through sort of sufficient lessons and 
learning so that they fairly whole in terms of their character and the expression of what they'd need to learn on earth and so so they can go beyond that and not need to need to come back here anymore so it's all it's a, it's 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 amazing you know what's hidden inside of people you know and 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 it is like finding finding hidden treasure inside of there you know once you start digging around your soul and things i interviewed somebody a couple of episodes back about past lives as well and it was the first time <laughs> that I had ever heard of the concept of experiencing past life as a different, as different than human. So you mentioned earlier about experiencing, you know, lives separate from earth. So when did you first come across that that was a possibility and have you ever done a regression for somebody where that was their truth? And also, you know, I had a friend who said that she had a past life where she was a tree which blew my mind. Have you experienced anything like that as well? Yes, all of, all of those things. Um, and, and yes, people can go to lives as nature spirits and things like that. We can have all sorts of, um, all sorts of experiences of different facets of life. Um, and it's, interesting for me oh i can't remember the first time i would have you know someone would have accessed a life from another world but i always find a very interesting work to do that because it's um <laughs> it's not like you'd get on star trek or something where they're you know they're all speaking english and things to each other um the kind of you know experience that you could have being on another world um, you know, it needs a sort of a certain amount of interpretation because you're channeling it into your human mind. So um, if it's very different, it's probably unlikely that you'll access it because it's it's just wouldn't be any use to you here and now. Right. Um, but sometimes, you know, there can be different kind of lives that will come up just from some very simple kind of lives to ones where there's maybe a, a collective consciousness, just where we're maybe being collective than having your own individual sense. So there could be like, you've got an intellectual sense, but there's no emotions. There, there could be all sorts of ways in which you are existing, some quite advanced. Yes, it's quite an interesting exploration. It is. I find that, you know, for you, you would have no day that would be the same when you go to work. I can imagine it would just be, what's this adventure about to hold? You know, you would probably have no clue. <laughs> yeah, I think doing past life work, you know, usually the kind of life that you would access would come about because it's important for your soul to experience that in right. some way. You need that for your growth, you know, rather than it being kind of something which you know, just has some academic kind of um, interest or something like that, or curiosity. It's not, you know, people want to do the past lives for curiosity, but it's usually a lot more than that what comes forward for people. Right. It's actually helpful. It's validation. It's, uh, it's helping them to understand themselves more, understand their purpose here, maybe even be comfortable with death, would you say? 
Very much. I think people, yeah. when they experience past life regression, when they go through their death at the end of the past life, it would be something where a lot of people lose the fear of death. Really. Yeah. What do you think happens when we die? Oh, well, you know, I mean, I, I experienced this with all these people going up to the light and what have you. And I, I feel that's the most likely thing. But of course, yeah. I'm never going to fully know any of this until it actually happens to me physically. So yeah. um, I've just got, just got to be open. Yeah. Do you have any fear around, around death or is it something that you might welcome in a way, for lack of a better word? Oh, I feel... For myself, I feel there's so much I want to do. I'm not really in a yeah. hurry to die. Yeah. Um, and and I don't know. I haven't really. I don't give a lot of thought to it, to be honest. Yeah. My own, my own death. I mean, I'm, I'm not the bravest kind of person. I mean, I do encounter things, and oh no, I don't want to do that. I'll have to wait and see. I guess. Yeah, I remember when uh, I was younger, I. I was afraid of dying and I read James Van Prague's book, Talking to Heaven. And then shortly after I ended up reading Many Lives, Many Masters by Brian L. Weiss. And that book changed my life, you know, which is all about, have you read that book, Paul? Oh, I mean, I come across so many people that, that come to see me that have read that book. It's yeah. Been- you know, obviously an international bestseller, but yeah, um, I haven't, no, I haven't ever read it. I mean, I know what it is about. It's like, I don't, I don't need to. No. Yeah. But I remember it opened up this whole world to me. And, you know, in that book, there was the exploration of the life between life. And I guess I was just kind of wondering, you know, in the life between life, you know, have you ever you know, sort of made that the intention of a reading or when you've done that with someone that you're going to go there to get that guidance from them? Or does that just sort of, is that the natural ending of a past life regression with somebody? No, I, I quite often do, you know, a spiritual exploration, even not doing a formal life with live session, do a spiritual exploration with people in the spirit world. Yeah. Um, and there are different ways to do that. I can do it through a past life and use the past life as a gateway, or I can do a more direct process to go into the spirit world. Mm-hmm. There is another thing which I do a lot with people is about helping them connect with their spiritual guides. And yeah. that's something you mentioned about this healing group in the 1990s when I worked with my friend Marjorie we did a lot of work with guides all of us that we have like a a spiritual being that is perhaps further along the journey than us Mm. and that loves us and cares for us and supports us from the spiritual side you know just to be true to our path and uh, for us to be able to consciously connect with that being can bring not only a lot of comfort and strength, but just the knowing that we're not alone on this planet and that there are sources of help for us if we reach out for them. Being on a spiritual path, one of the things which is most important for us to learn is that, you know, it's okay for us, in fact, even important sometimes 
to ask for help and not just to feel that we're, we're you know, we just do it our way and, and that's enough. Yeah. Sort of, it's, it sort of helps us really feel, you know, that we also are connected to others. We're not just, you know, separate really in a way. I remember when I did this with Marjorie for the first time and she had crippling rheumatoid arthritis. And, uh, you know, I was doing these past lives with her and she was just wanting them for some entertainment, you know, just to distract her from her illness. But she kept on going to the spirit world. And on one session came to me to ask her, is there anyone there who can help you? And then just from no, nowhere, she became aware of this spiritual being, you know, who identified himself as Soya. And he said that he was her spiritual guide and tremendously overcome with emotion. And she felt with meeting Sawyer that she had never felt so much love from any other person or being at all in her life as she did from Sawyer. But, um, you know, so, so that's also what our guide is. It's sort of like a like a source of, of spiritual love and care, which, which can nourish us. And our guides will also help us, you know, to, to get onto our spiritual path. And that can mean a lot of change. We can have a lot of attachments in our lives, which are just really going nowhere and just, just have habitual living, which is quite superficial and not really, not really connecting with our deeper self. And if we start connecting with our guides, they're not going to just say, oh, everything, everything is love and light, all is good. But, but we'll also be um, you know, giving us some, some gentle shoves towards actually you know, making the steps in our lives we need to, to be more on track. Mm -hmm. So that, that work is something which is, which is um, you know, quite an important component of what I do with people, people who feel that they want it and need it. Yeah, I love that. And it's such a good reminder because I think that sometimes, you know, we forget that we can ask for help. You know, there might be pressure or, you know, maybe, maybe we feel as though we have to do it by ourselves, but we don't. Yes, yes, that's true. Yeah, so, you know, sometimes there's certainly a case for us to use our own strength and stand on our own feet rather than to depend on, um, but that's something, you know, some of us need to learn as well. But that's something where having a spiritual guide can also help us develop our own inner strength so, so we can start to learn to feel, well, actually, you know, this is what I need to do, how I need to be. And it can help us to feel more whole and complete to be able to you know, be, the, be the soul that we are and stand in our own light to, to fulfill what we're here for, what is truly us, an expression of our own unique self. Beautiful. Well, that's a beautiful way to end our conversation. Believe it or not, Paul, it's already been the hour. I don't know where that went, but it has gone by. 
I was wondering if there's anything that you wanted to talk about just before we sign off here that I didn't get a chance to ask you and what's the best way for people to get a hold of you if they'd like to do a session. I must say as well, you do have the most perfect voice and demeanor to be a hypnotherapist. So I think you have chosen the right line of work. <laughs> mm -hmm. Good. Thank you for that compliment, Lauren. Um, yes. Well, at the moment, I'm in lockdown in northern New South Wales, so I'm only able to do online work. Mm -hmm. I do online sessions for past life regression, also inner child work I do, and, you know, maybe guide work, life between lives. Sessions usually last an hour or two hours. Um, you're welcome to contact me. Working online can be very effective and work very well. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of clients from overseas that are working with me that way at the moment. So um, feel welcome to contact me. I also, uh, with my partner, Dee, we, um, we do have a group, which is Soul Pathways, where we do online workshops. Um, and those are on different, different types of, of um, our personal development and spiritual development classes that we do. Um, so that's a way also, you know, to maybe do some group regression or some other things that we do. And the Soul Pathways, we have our own website, um, soulpathways.net. And I have my soulhypnotherapy.com, where it's possible you can, you know, go on my website and you can contact me that way. Um, so, yes, I'm very open for work. And any of you that might be interested to discuss with me further or especially if you'd like a session with me I'd be very happy to see you and, and my books I've got all these books and yes. I, I'm, I'm in lockdown at the moment and I'm writing my new book and I, I love my books they're, they're spiritual stories a lot of them but oh. they're really really lovely to read and and uh, I think people get a lot from them the the latest one is called the division about what's going on 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 earth at the moment the division of consciousness and how mm. our humanity wants to um grow and and raise its vibrations there's so many people pulling back so it's causing a big division it's a speculative story i've also written one called rana which is my inner child book about a very severely dysfunctional family and the youngest has a spiritual awakening and she starts to sort out herself and the other members of the family and that has a lot of inner teachings for, for people. Oh, I've got all these books, all these books, and they're good. That's so wonderful. That must be such an accomplishment to look at that and see that there's this body of work that you've created. Yes, it is satisfying. It's great. You know, so yes, I guess it establishes a little bit of a legacy. Basically, my motivation is to help people. Mm -hmm. and, and the books are a way to, you know, where I, I wish to do that as well. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Paul. I really enjoyed talking to you and I'll put a link to uh, those, those references that you mentioned in the show notes as well for our listener at home for easy access. So thank you so much, Paul. All right. Thank you, Lauren. Hi, thanks so much for listening to the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave us a review where you listen to your podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you. New episodes every Thursday.